Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your Friday episode of Private Parts. It's your boy, Jamie. <laughs> um, so today is a great episode. For lots of reasons, because episodes are always great when you just have a, like a rambling chat with someone. And today was totally one of those things. Today's episode is with the one, the only, Babatunde Aleshi. Uh, Baba was on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, if you watch that. He was also on Gogglebox. Um, he's great friends with Mo, uh, Mo Gilligan, one of the biggest comedians in the UK, um, what a great guy. We spoke about marriage. We spoke about crime. We spoke about comedy, um, divorce, so many different things. It was an amazing, amazing chat. So get ready for this episode. It's amazing. Okay, enough from me. Remember, also, if you haven't subscribed already, please do. That would be a real help. And also go and check out all of our social media channels. Okay, please enjoy the episode with Baba Tunde. Baba, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> That's how we start. <laughs> okay, well, how do you want me to start? All right, you want me to play no. like you want me to play like an instrument? Like, what do you want? <laughs> Can I tell you why I'm laughing? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's because I was a huge fan. I've told you this. I think I am. Yeah, I was a huge fan of Made in Chelsea. Yeah, I love that. And you were me and my sister's uh, favorite. Are you serious? Yeah, you and Spencer. Really? We absolutely loved you too. So to sit here across from you, like I, I'm in fanboy mode. You know what I'm what? saying? No, hundred percent, bro. Hundred percent. Well, listen, it's likewise. It's it's yeah. echoed back to you, man. I I, I I I watched you on I'm a Celeb, and I just thought you were just so hilarious well, thank you. and all those things. And then you, you I I thought you were gonna win it, and then you didn't win it. <laughs> you were gonna win it. And that's that is so kind of you. I mean, it's funny with Made in Chelsea. Um, when I stopped doing it, or like towards the end of it, I was mm. like so embarrassed about doing it. Why? 
I was dope, bro. Yeah, I was. I tell you why I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because I love this world of entertainment, yeah. and um, I felt that I was like typecast, oh, okay. and that people just saw me as this posh idiot, which I think they still do, because <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> I've got so many more layers to me. You're from the streets, man. Dude, you fucking know. <laughs> fucking know, man. Fucking know. I, said, I did it. Have you ever done Don't Hate the Players? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've done that. So yeah. I did that show. Did you have to do a rap? I, I chose to not do it. You cho- Why did you choose not to do it? I'm terrible at rapping, man. Well, I've not rapped for years, so I didn't want to do it and like mess up. Do you know what I mean? I, I did a rap. Was it good? <sighs> Fucking hell, was it good? Do you want to hear it? <laughs> go through. <laughs> I will never say no to you hear want, it. Jamie, <laughs> rap. Please go through, brother. I'm intrigued. You want to hear it? Please. All right. <clears throat> I don't think I can do it. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. I, I don't think I can do it. I actually, okay, I'm going to do it. All right, okay. Oh, I don't think I can. Oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't look at you, brother. That's no, okay. No, okay, no. here we go. Uh, I can't actually get. Will, he's even thinking. <laughs> I can see everybody just looking at me thinking, is it that bloke from SW3? Yes, I know. I'm here trying to freestyle rap. And all you're thinking, made in Chelsea twat. Biscuit boy is what they shout at me on the streets. And I'm British, which means I'm shit between the sheets. Five foot nine, never been to Compton. All I can say, I'm straight out of West Brampton. I got blonde hair, I sound real posh. Oh yeah, I forgot, I got loads of dosh. But I promise you this, I got many layers, which you'll find out on Don't Hate the Players. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> you know that why that was so cool what? and why that was so authentic is because you were bragging the whole time. Dude, and that's what hip hop's about, my guy. Freaking bragging. Come on, man. <laughs> Have you always been a music fan? Yeah, big time. Big time. Massive really? music fan. Yeah, man. Do you, do you think that helps with like comedy and things like that? Because it's kind of like, same thing, it's like performance. It's like all that kind of stuff. Do you think it helps? It kind of lends that? itself in a, in, in a way in terms of like uh, topics, yeah. I'd say. Topics that you know people would sing about, topics that you talk about. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and I'm very quite quite broad across like the spectrum of music. Yeah. And that's yeah. because of my sister, my older sister. She, you know, she was watching all types of music back in the day when like you know it was just the box mm. and MTV, and so it was just like I watched everything, man, and listened to all types of music. Even though like if I'm gonna hone it down to one type, it'd probably be hip hop really? and R and B. But my sister, she's this. I'm what chilling. decade do you like? 90s. There's no other decade, bro. Man. 90s. 90s stuff is the best one. Oh my god! It was yeah. like I, I, I'm like I'm gonna pretend that I was gonna go pretend that I was like, yeah, I was gonna start saying people that I thought no, I'm not I'm just like Missy Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Me and my friends were talking. Nelly man. <laughs> Bro, everything in the 90s was better, bro. TV, food, yeah, everything. everything. Fashion. 100%, bro. Yeah, I mean, everything was better. I, I had this conversation the other day. I feel like, it, it, you know, especially with music, right? I don't know if you get this. Like music, you we had our lane. It was like, it was like a football team. Yeah. You know, especially even further back than maybe 90s, but it was like, you know, you were punk, you were into rap, you were into um, rock, you were into pop, whatever it was. But now that doesn't seem to happen. Like, no. you don't have your lane that you're kind of in, really. You yeah. just, uh, it's it's more sporadic. It is. It is. That's why I can't really get with it like that. I, I, but I, I think that's every single generation that would say that. Every Do you think single, so? Yeah, I mean, every, I mean, my mum would not listen to the music that I listened to back in the day. She wouldn't listen to what I listen to now. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's every generation. As you grow older, you look down upon the music of like 
the today. Do you get what I'm trying mm. to say? So I don't know if that's just a thing you feel pressures. Cause I, I when I listen to like 90s hip hop and RB, I've heard these tunes like a thousand times and I still listen to it and I'm just like, ah, oh, it's like, insane. You know what I mean? I, it's, I, the reason why I relate to like music to, to comedy is because I feel like comedians now, and I, I, and I want to see your opinion, right? Because you're an insane comedian. They're, they're like the rock stars. Yeah. Comedians yeah. are like, and, and that, if you, especially in, if you look at in America, a, yeah. but you know, your friend Mo as well, like the, the, the way that it's sort of held now is that you come out, you have huge audiences. Mm. It's like, it's like a huge concert. Yeah. It, you know, you feel like a rock star now as you a comedian. Do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's like a thing, right? Yeah. No, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Definitely. When you were growing up, did you, were you always someone who knew that you wanted to get into entertainment? What no, 100%, 100%. I, I knew this was, what I'm doing now is what I always envisioned. Like really? stand up, a little bit of acting here and there, presenting, but stand up was the number one thing, you know what I mean? And it was from school, I was like the class clown, you know, in secondary school and everybody. I always used to like make people laugh, even the teachers, even though they would hate that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's nothing worse than like disrupting the class, getting told off and then saying something that makes the teacher crack up and it's just like, oh, I've got you then. You know what I mean? So yeah, from then on, it was just like one path. Did you did you have it where I spoke to Ivo Graham, who's mm. a great comedian. Yeah, yeah. And Ivo used to say when he was at school and he was a comedian, he used to um, watch TV or sit in classes and people would say something and in his head he'd go, that would be a great response. Yep. That would be a yep. great response. So you would have that as well. I right? would do that, but I would take it a step further. I would go home and plan a conversation. So I would go home and say, oh, if I say this, someone might say this, this or that, that allows me to then say this as the punchline. And so I remember once I went into school and my friend Michael, um, I, you know, set up a whole conversation and then he said something and I remember I hit him with like a punch or something. And he was just like, he laughed and then he went, are you planning this, bruv? And I was just like, what do you mean? He was just like, bruv, you're planning this, ain't you? And I was like, no, 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 no. And it was just like, I was obsessed with jokes. And for like, I remember maybe three, four years, I just writ jokes every single day. Terrible jokes. But really? I, I just found myself just writing jokes every single day. And I had a whole book just just pages and pages of just like set up. How old like, are you at this point? Oh man, I was, it's like 14 to like, 14 to 17, that period, just before I started comedy, I started at 17. Just before that, three, four years, I was just bang, 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 every day. That's wild. I know. Because normally at that age, <laughs> like that age, you're not really, like, I mean, I, this is a general generalization, but like 14, you're, you're normally conscious of like, Flirting or dating or or like playing sport or you want to be a professional footballer or you, you know, I, I wanted to play sport. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Or like I was not thinking about like sitting or writing jokes or, or, or going into that sort of space. It's all I had. Like all my other friends, they were like athletic and, you know, good looking and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't that guy at all. So it was just like, what do I have? I was just like, well, I got my jokes and I loved laughing like obsessed with like you know when you laugh to the point where your stomach hurts yeah, like i was nice. obsessed with that feeling yeah man so i i literally just found myself just every day every day every day practicing someone like certain friends and um yeah then i got into stand-up at the age of 17. dude that is pretty unique I would yeah because <laughs> yeah. that means that means you've been doing jokes and writing for for a long time yeah 20 years this year 20 years this year 
That's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what was your first stand-up gig like? Oh, God. Um, in Croydon Library, I believe it was, or Croydon, somewhere in Croydon. Fuck, it just makes it even <laughs> Oh, my God. That moment that you step on stage and you're just like... Yeah. It's like walking into a black hole. You just no, don't was, even know what's I going on. I ran on stage. That's how bad it was. I was so scared. I said, if I don't run on stage, I'm never going to like do this. So I remember when they called out my name, I just, I ran on. I only had five minutes, but you know, when you're that um, new into stand up, five minutes feels like an eternity. So I was doing jokes and terrible. I had a bit about... <coughs> No, it's terrible. I had a bit about um, Nigerians seeing a volcano for the first time and thinking that it was a giant bowl of pepper soup. And it was terrible. <laughs> no one laughed. Sounds good. No, no, was, it was terrible. But Wait, like, how did it go? You remember? How no, did I don't it, remember how it goes. You don't remember I, don't, it? I swear to you, I don't remember how it goes. All I know, I, I, maybe, I, I think I probably did an impression like, Oh my God, look at that. It's a giant bowl of pepper soup. And uh, it, was, it was so bad. But the oh, people, that is so no, no, it was just... Everyone just sitting silent. It's good now because it's so bad. I remember, yeah, exactly. Everybody was sitting in silence just looking at me. Um, but I did a bit uh, about just, just, you know, describing my name and breaking down my name. And that hit. And then I was like, okay, I have something. And I remember uh, Ninia Benjamin, who was part of a TV show called Free Non Blondes. Do you remember that? I do remember. What was that? Uh, it was like a prank show. That yeah, prank that, the public. yeah, 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 yeah. She was in the audience and she dragged me to the side and she was just like, that joke that you did about your name, expand on that. I was like, all right, cool. And then um, kept on getting booked, well, kept on booking other gigs. And then I ran into Angela Marr, who used to do a TV show on Channel 4 called Get Up Stand Up. Mm. And, you know, legend in the black uh, community, mm. like, you know, black comedy circuit. Did a show for her, uh, died at that show, mm. but ran into Kojo Anim. Now, Kojo took me under his wing. And then that's when, like, stand up started to make sense because... He had a, a, a comedy club called the Comedy Funhouse in um, Bond Street, Corks Wine Bar. This is back in the day. And once he opened the doors for me in terms of like teaching me and taking me under his wing, yeah, it just, everything started to make sense. Like I went from five minutes to 10 minutes to 15 to 20 and it was just like bang, bang, just consistent laughs, you know what I'm saying, throughout uh, my whole set and yeah. But explain that to me because I'm sure someone listening now is listening to you because they want to do stand up, right? Yeah. And they're you know they're nervous or whatever. And taking that first leap is is like fifty percent of success is just turning up. Oh yeah, you just got to do it, right? Yep. Yep. So, but break that down. How how do you mean? Like how do you mean? And for me as well, like how, being coached because mm. surely from a naive point of view, it's like come on, you just got to be got to be funny, tell stories. So so how do you get coached into it? Coached in in in, in the sense of. Um, making it authentic to to yourself, like tell your story. I was trying to do jokes. I was trying to do like, yeah. hey, this is funny. And it was just like, no, what what's your life about? Like, tell us about you. And that's why uh, Ninia Benjamin and everybody that heard the joke where I was talking about my name, they would just like expand on that because that's about you. So tell us about your life. And so I was just like, all right, cool. Started, uh, you know. So I'm, you find a thing and then expand. Yeah, on it, right? you know what I mean. So got it. I'm 17. I'm thinking, <laughs> like, what's my life experience? And <laughs> yeah, at yeah. that point, you know, I'm 
young man living in North London, Tottenham. And I'm, I'm still just... a virgin. <laughs> no, no, no. This, a... <laughs> At this point, I, I deflowered. I like that. Hey, by the way, forget the pepper seed. I'm not a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone laughs. Yeah. <laughs> No, at that point, I, I definitely lost my virginity, but <laughs> but um, I just I just started talking about like there is no life experience in seventeen. Yeah, there's none. But what I did know was the culture that was around me, and obviously I was around the grime culture and street culture at the time because I you know I was um, living in a dangerous area, Tottenham, North London. Really? I absolutely, oh my God. <laughs> it was a nightmare living there. So I just started talking about the things I'd seen, what I'd saw, what I experienced up until that point. And yeah, people could relate because everyone was kind of like from a similar background. You know what I mean? And talking about my experience, you know, as first generation growing up, you know, in a Nigerian household, mm. those types of things um, just kind of just went over with the audience. So yeah, just I just always just kept that in mind. Just be yourself. Just talk about you. Keep it one hundred percent authentic. And to this day, that's exactly what I do. Baba, what's your full name? <laughs> How long you got, bro? I <laughs> got all day, baby. Nah, my name. All right, so <laughs> Baba Tunde Ahmed Oluwashegun Alishi. I had to say in an accent because if I don't say in that, it won't make sense. But yeah, that's my that's my name. And and you're it's Nigerian descent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both parents. So so give me a background on your family. So was it so who came? So when did they you come to the UK? Your family came to the UK. Uh, family came to the UK. My dad came first. Uh, this is early eighties. This is probably like nineteen eighty. He came, mm. then sent for my mum. She probably came eighty three. Mm-hmm. Then they had my sister. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Two years. And back. they met over here, or they? No, they met back home. Really? Yeah, they met back home, and then uh, got married back home. Father came first, then my mum in '83. Had my sister '84. Two years later, had me, and yeah, just been. My, then my father died actually. Uh, really? Yeah, when oh, I was man. ten. Died when I was ten, and then yeah, it's just been me, my mum, my sis. Ever since, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, man. No, no, cool, man. Come How on. did your dad die? Can I ask? Um, you know what? We still don't know the exact reason. And the reason why is because uh, my mom and dad split before yeah. uh, he died. Uh-huh. So we got told it, he died from an illness, but he was in Nigeria at the time. So um, in terms of like, we're just going by what people say. Okay, cause of death, illness, cool. But they were so... Separate, separate. yeah that it was just like yeah it was it was a bad time <laughs> that is i can see when you i mean look i i get vulnerable in this podcast and it's totally up to you to whatever you you know feel free to talk about whatever you want yeah. to talk about but you know broken home is tough sometimes as well oh, i come yeah. from a broken home yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it plays on abandonment issues and stuff like that, that i have now because me, of it i won't lie i was kind of glad because my dad was you know was a horrible person at the time yeah at the time he was a horrible person so it was kind of like a relief you know what i'm saying but the only thing that it left is the fact that now it's just a single parent you know one income so that's why like you know we had to make the transition from from a house a home to you know like council housing and it was just like you know we gotta move to tottenham (laughs) (laughs) and it was just 
dark times. Trust me when I tell you that, bro. Really? Yeah, oh man, yeah, definitely, bro. <laughs> yeah. God, I, everyone has a boulder. You yeah. know, everyone is pushing their own things the whole time, and yeah. you never know it, right? That's yeah. what. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you moved to Tottenham, was it a really rough area? It was terrible. <laughs> it was I grew up terrible. in West Brompton, baby. I know. So <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tottenham was terrible, bro. Are you say so, so? Give me some. Give me so. What was so? No. Give me some stories. Come some on, stories. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I remember the one of the first parties we went to. This was um, people who are in Tottenham. They know about this area. Uh, Saint Anne's. This is like across from Saint Anne's. We went to party in a hall. And this was the first time I've ever seen someone get stabbed. It was just like, oh yeah, God. it was like, hey, we're all having a nice time. What's going on over there? Oh, Lord. <laughs> it was Are literally like, yeah, man, it was, when I mean dark, it was, it's a horrible area to grow up in, especially back in the 90s. There was like, yeah, this period of time where there was just guns and knives on the streets and, you know, you would go to parties and you would see that you openly, you'd see uh, people like bringing out weapons and I remember <laughs> this was but mad. It's almost like when you're talking about you, you almost like you could, it's it's just the way you are, it's the way that I'm like as well. Yeah. You almost like use humor to sort of push over it, right? Yeah. That's sort of, well, I'm so far removed from it that now that's why yeah, I Yeah, for sure, I, I know. I, that's why, I, I, you know what I mean? It's not amusing, but it's like, I laugh because it's like, this is unbelievable. But at the time it was the norm. I, I remember on um, the estate that I used to hang out on, uh, Ferry Lane. I remember we were just, you know, having a good time, just, you know, having jokes and stuff. And I look up and on the bridge, there's this guy and he's just, he's got a, he's got a gun on him. And he was just standing there like this and everyone, one by one was just like, Whoa! and like we all ran and stuff. And it was just things like that. It was just mind blowing. Like I remember when I told this exact story in drama school, people didn't believe me. And I was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, why? yeah, it's just like, you wouldn't. Because 
Yeah, like you didn't grow you up. You didn't there. grow up there. Yeah, so you wouldn't ever expect something like that to happen. But it was that was the norm. Trust me, man. Seeing someone get stabbed was the norm. Seeing someone get rushed, as we say, we we you know, seeing someone get what beat, is saying being rushed mean? Uh, it was when you get beat up by like a group of people. Yeah, so when you get rushed, seeing someone get rushed was just like, oh, uh, what? The, yeah. This yeah. the norm? Yeah, the norm. So, but in amongst all that chaos. There was, um, oh, how can I explain it? It was like this, um, I don't know, this culture, not culture, but this thing that just made you very creative. I think that's why a lot of um, really, this, yeah, you see a lot of well, because it was two, it was two, it was choices, right? Two choices because you either had a choice to get out or you 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 didn't get out. Is that why you became that, a... But poverty makes you very creative. Poverty. Give me that. Break it down for me. Like, All right. So, because when I tell you I grew up poor, I grew up poor, bro. Yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? So it, it, let's say in the kitchen now, I'm like, oh, man, it's not like I can be like, okay, I've got a pizza in the freezer or something. I have to make a meal out of what I've got. And that makes you creative. So your mind's always trying to figure things out. And I think that's why, especially in the beginning of my stand-up career, I was super creative. And that's why they had to strip me back and go talk about you. Because I was coming up with these crazy things that I thought was hilarious. And it, they were just like, you know, well done for coming up with this concept. Because that's crazy, but strip it back. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Totally it get makes what you're people, like poverty makes you creative. Because you, you, you have to be. You have to be, bro. You get me? You really have to be. You know, I, I've spoken to a lot of different people, right? You know, it's, I mean, it's common knowledge. I grew up in a very privileged household. Mm. And so, and the sort of curse of that, right, that I see with a lot of my friends. Firstly, um, <clears throat> there isn't a respect for 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 hard work mm -hmm. a lot of the time. There's not a huge amount of, like, I know lots of friends who don't really work hard. Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of people just, because uh, they've been given money, whatever, still think it's there and stuff like that. Right, right. And there is also this fear of like, that the finance is always going to be there. So right. it's, it's fine. Where, you know, I, I speak to other people who have come from, uh, you know, poor backgrounds. And, you know, I, I had Mark Ride on the podcast, who told an amazing story. He, his family lost everything when he was a kid. And for then growing up, his biggest fear was that it was always going to go. Oh, always yeah. going to go, always going to go. Because of your upbringing, do you ever have a fear sometimes that things are just suddenly going to end, disappear, stop? No, but I, at the same time, don't um, allow what I have now to change me so drastically to the point where, like, I don't let it feed my confidence. Mm -hmm. I don't let my money now be the thing that makes me walk into a room like, hey, you know, I'm yeah, top dog over here. You know what I mean? And funny enough, you say that, I see the contrast, the difference in me and my son, because he's very much like, oh, <laughs> yeah, my, my dad will just buy it. You know? Life is <laughs> yeah. easy. Life is freaking easy over here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And... It's so and funny. you're like, I'm gonna take you to fucking Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I threaten him too. I'm just like, yeah, I'll take you to Tottenham, bro. You wanna see some things. But it's like me and my wife were talking about it because we like she was just like, he's just so different to the world. Because me and my wife, we both grew up in Tottenham. Mm -hmm. And we were just like, he's so different to like 
our upbringing. Like our upbringing is so different. Like he's got both parents, you mm. know, beautiful home and has every toy that he's ever asked for. And I've stopped doing that because to be honest, I've noticed that's the thing that's spoiled him. So you've been spoiling. I have. But yeah, the contrast between my upbringing and his is just so drastic. So I do kind of get what you mean. But I would have thought that the hard work, in, the hard work, um, hard work and mentality would have come uh, along with. Um, someone coming from like your type of background. Well, I think- that so That's surprising for Yeah, me. well, I think you do it two ways, right? I think like it, what happens is if you come from, typically if you come from a privileged background, then you've always been given stuff. So you feel like things are gonna land on your plate. And and for me, <clears throat> you know, being totally honest, uh, there was a period of time, especially in my early twenties, I was doing Made in Chelsea. I just started doing that. That landed on my plate, mm, right? Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And I was just doing this reality show and I was like, oh, this is great. Okay, fine. I don't have to get a job. I can do this. Then when you get a little bit later and a bit, a little bit more self-aware, you suddenly realize that actually, fucking, it's actually, you got to work hard and, and forget all the, the podcasts or the, you know, affirmations or the manifest, you know, actually what it boils down to, it's just hard work. You've got to work hard and just to get things. I, think. I was saying this to my, my good friend Nelson the other day and I was just like, half of like success especially let's talk about us now mm. is luck at the beginning it's luck. totally getting the job totally you have to be lucky but once you get the job you gotta show up and then you gotta keep showing up and your mindset is gonna evolve to the point where you know you've got businesses now even mm. though you come from a family with businesses mm. you got your own so uh, there is yeah, there's that the sense of luck, luck though is yeah. is totally true. There's an amazing book which is called Outliers, which is Outliers. Outliers. It's so good. I, I I can't remember who who wrote okay. it. Anyway, it's a basically a book which talks about luck, yeah. and there's loads of things within it. But one of the things that they talk about is like, I mean, like ice hockey players, for example. Ice yeah. hockey players, supposedly, and I'm going to get the statistics wrong, but it's like. 70% of ice hockey players are born from end of August to December. Because the reason is, is when they were younger, like three, four, five, six, they were much bigger than the kids born after Christmas because they were older. So they were coached more. So therefore, because of the way they're the age, they were more interested in because they were bigger, they were stronger, they were faster. You know, things like Bill Gates, his, his I think his dad um, worked in a uh, college. They lived five minutes from the college. It was the only college in the whole of the state that had a computer. He just played on the computer every day. So these these moments of like luck, like drive you towards something, yeah. uh, but you have to show up. Yeah, and, and it's the persistency and consistency is... Is everything, and I see that continuously in stand-up. Stand-up is all about persistency. It is. You Perfect. have to keep showing up. You do day after day, week after week. And you have you ever had times where you've just wanted to quit and just go? Do you know what? I'm, I'm uh, no, just... I did. I did. You I, did? I, I quit. <laughs> I did. Oh, whoa! This okay. is like <laughs> <laughs> this kind of deep. Yeah, I've opened him up, ladies and gentlemen, like a little key. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I quit like, what was it? Like at the age of 25, I quit for like two years or something like that. Why? Um, oh, I got sick and tired. I got sick and tired of um, thinking that I had made um, friendships, uh, but really and truly people were just competing. I, uh, it does that make sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. And don't be afraid. I, I want to hear this. Like, I, I, I find that... 
I had a conversation with my dad the other day, I, I, and I think certain ages you get to it, maybe come different. I said, did you ever get to a point where you just realized that people were just being competitive? Yeah. And he said, yes, absolutely. And I said, how do you get past that? And he goes, you just got to stay in your lane. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. And I found that really hard that I suddenly realized people were competing. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. I, I hate that. Yeah. Because like, I'm talking to you as a friend, mm. but it's a competition for you. And I was just like, oh, Oh, I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I'm tired of this. Like, I, it got to the point where I was just like, I am absolutely exhausted of every time I either pick up the phone to phone someone or uh, meet somebody or you know show up to a gig. It's how can I outshine you? You know, even on the phone, like you'll get people. Yeah, man, I just read this. You know, banging joke. What I'm writing now is so amazing and did it and i'm just like exactly. how 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 are you you know what i'm saying like and look if we're not bridgens like that you've never saw me as a friend like that cool but uh, just the competing side uh, stay over there i just want to like enjoy like i enjoy stand up right success was never in my uh like my my mind in terms of what i was aiming for i just wanted to enjoy standing on stage and being a stand-up because I had watched stand-up so much, you know, and I'd see the smile and like Eddie Murphy. Delirious was the first thing I watched. Eddie Murphy, you know what I mean? genius. Exactly. And so I wanted to feel like that. I wanted to know what it felt to be that. So every time I do stand-up, I'm like, in my mind, it's like, I'm Eddie Murphy. Do you get what I'm trying to say right now? So I just wanted to enjoy that, but I couldn't because I turned to like my right and I'd see a stand-up I remember I saw this one. <laughs> I'm on stage, I'm doing my thing, and there's a stand-up comedian like hiding but watching me, like at the corner of the stage. And I was like, dude, really? It's going you know on. what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, this is annoying. I remember <laughs> the comedian's gonna know who they are, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. I remember I did a show, yeah. Yeah. And I was about to go on. I was about to be introduced on, and the comedian on stage looked and saw that I was about to go on. And then you know what they did? They spent 20 minutes not doing jokes, getting naked. And then the comedian got naked on stage. And the whole crowd was like, ah! sucked all the energy out of the room. Now it's just like, I'm welcome on stage, Baba Tende. It's like, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you want wow. me to tell a joke after you just got naked? Bro? So yeah, bro. That is so funny you say that, dude, because I... I I, I, I don't understand. I, I kind of now sort of get the idea of the room and, and how energy works. Yeah. And it's a, it's definitely a thing. I, I, I did, I did a one, I did a stand up, right? And I just did 10 minutes, whatever. It was, mm. it was, it, people knew it was a joke. It was charity, all that kind of stuff. They knew it. The second one I did, the guy, uh, I won't say his name, but the guy who was hosting it decided to do a crowd surf. You probably know who it is, but anyway, he tried to do, he probably did, he did a crowd surf. Anyway, and I was going on next and I was just like, this is insane. And so they were- What do you want me to do now? They were just knackered the whole, ah. Uh, and I was like, hi everyone. And they were just like, ah, oh, tired from this. And the whole energy was different and it was just the most awful experience ever. And people would think that that's us being bitter or so, and it's not. Because like, like you just said, you understand how energy works. When, when you do that, you literally, you take the air out of the room, you suck the energy. And I remember I said this to a, a mate of mine who's a stand-up. And I was just like, look, man, we're all sharing the limelight. You do your minutes. You mm. do, like, if you've got your schedule to do 10 or 15 minutes or whatever, do it and leave. Stop going over your, 
your time, you know, we're mm. all sharing this, the, the limelight here. No one's bigger than anyone else, right? Just do your bit. <laughs> Get the yeah, hell off the stage. Because there is, and also it's so true, dude, there is enough success to go around. You Absolutely. don't need to be, you don't need to be greedy about it, I don't think. Absolutely. And it's that competitive thing that happens. Or, it happens in all industries, I think, but especially like sort of entertainment. entertainment yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. people feel like they're fighting for the same spot all yeah. the time. And it's like, oh my God, it's, yeah. it's not, I, I get that also with like age in the entertainment industry yeah. where people like, you know, I'm not going to let this young man outshine me. Yeah, or yeah, but also like things like it's like I, I remember when I was like 27 or whatever. They're like, I mean, you're pretty old to do that show. And I was like, well, you can get a fucking dentist and like say like really like too old to do this. It's like yeah. it's it's when you get to certain ages in this industry. I don't know. People start to think differently yeah, for some reason. But that's that's why I love my friend. You mentioned him before. You mentioned Mo. That's why yeah. I love that guy because I remember when I was going through that period. You know, he he bailed me up and he was just like, yo, bro, what's happening, man? What's going on? Like, um, you should come back, you know? Really? Yeah, yeah. He was just like, you should come back, man. Forget all that nonsense that's going on. Forget the noise. Come back. And then once I did come back and to stand up and I got signed to his uh, management, he was just like, oh, you signed to the same management um, as me, yeah? Cool. Do you want to do a tour? I was just like... Okay, this uh, you know, he's just took off and he was just like, I'm gonna do a tour. It was on a podcast, and I was just like, You saw, like, you serious? He was just like, Yeah, all right, cool. And then COVID hit, and then uh, Gogglebox starts him to do, um, to come on that, and he was just like, I want to do it with my mate Baba Tunde, and everything changed, everything changed. But just watching the way he is and how generous he is, I mean, he's sucked, he's mega successful yeah and he is just ridiculously generous he's just always uh just giving things just hey come you know i've got this and i'm doing this come along with me i'm doing the latest show you how do you want to like part host i'm just like dude okay wow yeah. where is it why why do you think that is i just I, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. <laughs> I don't That's know. That's amazing. But he's he's one of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. And he does not need to be. Because he's seen my bad side. He's seen me, you know, go crazy, get angry. Mm. And he still has time for me to be like, yo, dude, like, he's younger than me. But he gives me, like, great advice. And, you know, just always, any project he's got, baba, come. And I I have no idea why. We, we, we met um, on the circuit. And yeah, we've just been friends for, I want to say, probably like 15 years. Really? Yeah. Guys, that is the end of part one. All you got to do is go and click over to part two and you can listen to the rest of the episode with Baba Tunde. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.